This is Moonshine and Music with Joe Shelton. Wait a minute, that's me. Anyway, we're going to bring you some inspiring songwriters, musicians, and maybe some side challenges and other stuff around the music industry. So stick with us right now, because the show is coming your way. Woo! Moonshine and Music starts right now. Welcome to Moonshine and Music. We're here today with Paul Holland. How are you? I'm very good. Look at that. I got a name pronounced correctly. He did. Probably because it's a really easy one to pronounce, but <laughs> hey, we, we, I could have screwed it up somehow. No, How? it's pretty straightforward. You never have anybody mispronounce your name? Not yet. Nope. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I do. My name is Joe Shelton, but like Shelton often gets into some other <laughs> realm. I don't even know how they mess it up. I'm like, okay. Whatever, you know, but uh, it's good to have you here. Are you, uh, you said that you have, before we started shooting, that you had been building up 35 years worth of, <laughs> uh, of time before you've arrived here. And, That's uh, right. I've been looking for, uh, forward to this moment my whole entire life. That's the, the, it was all leading, it's all paths led to the, this to the chair. This is on the pinnacle right to... here. <laughs> well, let's hope that you're just on the way up to the pinnacle. Let's, you know, <laughs> let's say that, right? Okay. So where did you grow up, man? Um, I grew up in a small farm town in uh, central Illinois called Carlinville. It's about an hour south of Springfield, Illinois. Yeah? <clears throat> yep. So out in the middle, in the flat middle of yeah. Illinois. Yeah, there's not, Springfield would be the closest um, thing, you know, I guess like a bigger city and then you got St. Louis maybe, what, two hours south, something like that. Yeah. So. Yep. Wow. Um, so, uh, what did you um, what did you guys do out there? I mean, was it a what, what, did, what did your family do? Were they farmers? Were they? Uh, no, I mean, I grew up on a farm, kind of out in the middle of nowhere, honestly. Um, but no, my parents didn't do any type of farming or anything like that. So, uh, what did they do? Uh, my dad and my mom were actually both. Uh, I mean, my dad went through a couple different uh, career changes, but I think they've both put in like 30 years or so at the state of Illinois at this oh, point. Okay. So I think both of them are nearing retirement at this point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're gonna? Uh, are they gonna take you with them when they retire, or are you just uh, <laughs> take them? Huh? Uh, are they gonna take you with you to retirement, like down to Florida or Texas no, or something? No, I, I don't think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, when did you start playing? What were, were you a little kid out on the farm with a guitar? Uh, the... Yeah, I was about six or seven years old when I started playing guitar, and how that kind of started is my dad had guitars in the house. Uh, under the bed, you know, different cases slid under there. So when he wasn't at home, I'd kind of open the case and peek in them and, you know, just do like little strum here and there. And then uh, I think one, I'm not sure if he kind of wanted me to get into it or if I just naturally gravitated toward, towards it, but I ended up kind of picking out notes here and there. I think uh, just really kind of mess, just screwing around, you know. I had a romantics tape. Do you remember the romantics? The yeah. So I'd put that tape in, I'd go upstairs and just play whatever over it. And then, to me, it sounded like I was a part of the band. <laughs> probably not. <clears throat> no, we don't have any not. good. We don't have any recordings of this? No recordings no. of that. It started pretty young, though. Uh, I had an interest in it. I mean, it, it grabbed on really quick for me. So, so uh, when did you uh, start writing songs and such? Well, I started pseudo-writing, I guess you'd say, in high school. And 
it wasn't necessarily lyrics. I had lyrics written probably when I was 13, 14, something like that. But it was mainly just guitar improvisation, uh, kind of unusual chord changes. You know, I went kind of an altered path real early on just from some of the um, um, people I listened to. It wasn't your typical kind of upbringing with music. So, What did you listen to? What, what was the... Oh, boy. That's such a giant question. I'll try to do my best Just give us you know, four or five. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be a... One of my favorite groups growing up that no one's ever seemed to have heard of was a Greek band called Aphrodite's Child. Okay, I have not. You're right. Heard so, of the singer did uh, Chariots of Fire, was I think his big claim to fame. But they had this psychedelic Greek band in probably the early to mid-60s. I loved, I absolutely loved that. I went down the Hendrix trail. Everything you could hear, or I mean find out for Jimi Hendrix, I just consumed it. Everything, Steve Ray Vaughan consumed it. Um, my God, everything, class, all the classic rock. That was kind of my younger years. It's such a big question. Throughout the years, I went through such different chunks and phases. So I went through heavy blues chunks at a certain point and hit these blues clubs hard. I went and just swallowed funk and jazz and uh, any type of jazz club I could slip into just to listen. Didn't matter if he's guitar players, it didn't matter at all. If he's a horn player, I'd listen to him. Bass player, I'd study them. Drummer, anything. Um, even kind of in these years now, I, I have like this kind of draw towards the honky-tonk stuff, even though I don't play it. So if it has a melody, if it has a message, then I'm into it, and it can be anything. So I, I feel that, man. I'm kind of the same way. I love all different. I mean, obviously doing this show, mm -hmm. I try to get all kinds of different people. Yeah. <laughs> that's just because that's kind of me. I, I want to hear. Yeah. I want to suck up whatever I get, you know, and I love that about you, man. Um, so you, um, when did you start playing like in a group or in a band or what was the... Um, I put together, I mean, I actually play, I mean, I put stuff through, or together like in late high school, did talent shows, stuff like that. It was friends, you know, we tried to pick out the the good players are doing stuff. So uh, that equates to nothing. It was a kind of an introductory into, hey, here's a stage and you can stand on it. People clap, you know, when you're done playing. What was the early band names? Do we have some cool early oh, band names? Oh, good Lord, no. Um, I can get into that in a minute. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> it actually meant a little bit of something. Um, after high school, you want me to give you the rundown? Sure, man. Okay. Let's do it. So after high school, I enlisted into uh, the military. So Which branch? Uh, Air Force. Cool. So they shot me around. I end up landing in Omaha, Nebraska. So you'd think that there'd be nothing for a guy in Omaha, Nebraska. It was completely opposite for music. Uh. <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska in the early 2000s, that's the Saddle Creek Records upbringing. So that, that had a significant impact on me watching those artists out of the middle of nowhere gain notoriety, um, you know, in Rolling Stone selling out bars um, and going out there and doing it and they had been doing it for a long time so that kind of set me on the, this indie kind of pace right this indie music kind of thing and at the same time I had these friends that had a funk band and they're called Funk Trek out of Omaha and they're still playing to this day and doing very well so I kind of slipped in there and started getting all these kind of funk and jazz elements just from listening to my friends and then I had this kind of indie thing where I'm playing my songs. And then and also I'm going down to blues clubs and sitting in with all these blues artists and just playing through the standards. So I've juggled pretty much my whole life all these different um, genres. And I love it because 
I think with the stuff that I write now, it all kind of has a blend. Like I find a lot of slippery jazz chords slipping into this acoustic singer-songwriter style. And then I'm finding like a blues riff here and there, which I don't know what you'd call it, but I like it. You know, I like developing something that's based around a collective of all the things I've kind of taken in or taken in from other people. So it's, you know, roots. Yeah, it's my roots, you know, <laughs> right. of a collection of being everywhere. I've lived in so many different states and kind of uh, just viewed like what all these different music scenes were doing. And this is my newest one is, is Indianapolis. So when I got here, there's a couple names of people that you need to hear this guy or you need to see this guy or this guy is kind of the pinnacle. And that's where your name came up. Oh, they said, you, got, you need to have a look. Uh, Joe Shelton's kind of like this core of this music scene and pulling all these artists together. And so the more and more I kept looking, I was like, this is true. So that's why I was so happy that you asked me to be on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know that I'm the core, but I really do appreciate the compliment. Um, that's, uh, you know, we have a lot of, so many good artists coming through Indy, and um, we don't get enough credit sometimes for all the people that sure. are flowing through here. I think that'll and, change. Uh, I think you guys are in a pinnacle location waiting to be tapped because within three hours you have so many to back up like Omaha the reason why Omaha seemed successful to me as a, as a guy just living there every house had a basement because of tornadoes right so everybody had a place to play uh, whereas other like I just moved here from Maine eight months ago or nine months ago something like that there's no basements in Maine you know <laughs> it's impossible you have to set up in a side room if you want to do a studio work stuff like that well location wise here you have a pretty good amount of basements it seems like in all the houses and then you've got your shot up to Chicago, St. Louis, uh, Louisville. You've got Ohio that you can tap into. And it took me a while to see it and believe it that there is an actual um, kind of core here doing their homework and doing their work at night. And it's not just the same old faces every time I come out. I keep seeing, because I kind of keep tabs on everybody and what they're doing, and I'll keep it quiet. Man, I want your notebook, like, later. <laughs> what kind of tabs you got? You have it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there's definitely um, people here, and I think this is an area where you guys will see, hopefully, a collective success, not an independent success out of one person. I hope that you do see where you, once somebody pops, you see that there's other artists on that album as backup singers or maybe a fill-in bass player or something like that. To me and what I've seen, that's how that, that's kind of what gears it towards more a successful route is when people actually do start working together instead of just sitting in the same room playing next to each other. Yeah. Well, so what did you, uh, what other groups were you in? You said, uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Sure. What's the... uh, well, um, I did a stint out in Denver for probably seven or eight years. So I pieced together a band, and it was the first time I did a band where it wasn't kind of like the democratic approach, where everybody had this equal voice. I've done, I've kind of, I've gone in and out of those over the years, and they kind of dissolved into vapor, you know? So this one I said, I'm gonna design a group that's not just, um, I'm gonna design everything. I'm gonna design the image of it, the sound of it, the players, everything, and, really just uh, get it down to a science, you know? So I started this group called Another Mother, and I auditioned, I wrote all the music, all the parts, everything myself, recorded it, and then I brought in guys and I kind of ran them through a gauntlet saying, these are the parts, these are what you'll play, you're gonna learn my parts just like they are, and then you're gonna make them better than I can do them. 
that worked out very, very well for me. Um, we had we did radio airplay. I think in within nine months, we did rehearsals three or four times a week, four hours a night. And there was a vision and a goal from day one. So I can't. I don't know where it would have gone. I only. I end up shutting it down because I moved. Uh, I've thought about restarting it, but it's it's like the heavy kind of 1970s psychedelic blues take on stuff. But I really enjoyed that. That was really the only like thing that I put in stone and kind of showed myself what I could do with this and what the possibilities were. Now I've changed styles completely and I'm in the singer-songwriter kind of realm. So it's an open book. I don't know if I want to do that approach again this time or if I want to bring in people and say, I want your ideas or here's my 15 songs. Let's fill them out. You know, it's kind of up in the air of where it's going to go. Well, I mean, that sounds like um, the exciting creative part of it though, right? You know, when you get you know, uh, an idea that you're forming is what it, what I'm seeing in you, you know? This is an idea of where I want to go, but I don't have exactly where it's going yet. I, I, I need some creativity to on the side of this, or maybe over there, or maybe over here. Yeah. You know, kind of put it together. And that's the exciting, fun part of music, right? Figuring out sure. where it's going to go. I mean, yeah. I, it's the same with just like a single song to me. You know, if you, you start off, you get like a little spark of an idea of what you're doing, whether it's because you play a certain riff and you go, man, that riff is badass. Or you get like one line of lyric, you know, like we do with our 60-minute songwriter challenge where we're like, mm -hmm. okay. I, I need to get in on that. Well, we'll have to get you in one of them. You know, where you put, we like give somebody like a, a phrase and they've got to build a song yep. off of it, you know? I mean, sure. it's wherever that spark is. And I mean, that's an interesting thing that you're, uh, you know, you've done these other bands and you're going to like, you know, forge a new way with a new spark and whatever yeah. that is. There's definitely know? a benefit to bringing in um, other people and other ideas, but I'm always, I guess I'm a man of discipline. Like I always think at the end of the day, you do have to have some kind of discipline with it. I mean, a lot of discipline, not some kind, and a lot of focus. And I mean, I carry that e even over with the stuff I'm doing now, the singer songwriter. I, I mean, I'm writing daily and I have been for a long time. It's not just here's 10 minutes of writing. There's a, I mean, I'm going down an actual process pretty much on a pseudo day, I'd say five days out of the week uh, for songwriting. And I think that's where that's. Uh, I don't want to butcher the name, Catherine, what's, Nagy, is that her name? N Nagy. I don't, I want to butcher her <laughs> um, name, Catherine, I'm sorry. I think, uh, she, she turned me on that's that. That's right. She said, we got to get you on this singer-songwriter challenge, and um, I was like, yeah, I, def I need to be on that, because I'm doing this at home, and I didn't even know this was a thing. <laughs> and that's great. Did you, that's, did, you did you watch them? The, I did. I went through those. I've been through your podcast. Like I say, man, I do. I look cool. around, and I spy a little bit, and I do my homework on who's doing what. Well, we The 60-minute the songwriting challenge to me is uh, just um, uh, an insight into a world that like not many people can can jump into, you know? Sure. Um, and also, like, there's a lot of songwriters that, I mean, it's pretty personal how you put together a song or whatever, and some don't want to do the show. So I'm glad really? that you want to. Yeah. I think it comes down to the process, whatever your process is. Um, so well, that's what I mean. Some people, it's, like, so personal to them what their process is that they don't want to, like, necessarily put it out on camera or, oh, really? or whatever. Yeah. I want to give away those yeah. secrets. <laughs> right now, I want to give away those secrets. Yeah. I, you know, I, that's, that's me. I, I like to... You know, you talk about studying things, you know, me editing together, you know, because I do the editing on the show mm -hmm. and editing together like a 60 minute songwriting challenge to me is just like 
it, I, I get so much out of it. I learn little things about how I write songs and how other sure. people write them and what I, you know, I'm, I'm sure that some of it the next time that I'm, you know, every time that I've written a song since, a little piece of, hey, that, that was cool how they did that. Let me, yeah. you know, not necessarily like the song itself, just how they came up with ideas or, you know, yeah. <laughs> or brainstormed I, or whatever. I've got two um, major ways I do it. I'd be interested to hear how you do it, actually. Actually, tell me that first, if you will. <laughs> no, go ahead. What are the sure. two major ways? Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to me. All right, so the way, <clears throat> I've always had this idea that it takes six hours to break through. And what, what I mean by that is if I've always taken jobs throughout my life where I could um, do the job and be uh, inward at the same time, right? So one of the jobs I just came off was, was uh, with the post office. And so I share a relation there, I believe, with John Prine was a postman. And I assume that John Prine probably walked my dad. around. Was he? Yeah, he retired as a postal worker. And my mother, Did he too. song right? No. He should have. It's a perfect opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> it took about uh, six hours on a nightly basis to go through um, parts. So it might be six hours on a chorus. It might be six hours on one verse or two verse. After that six hours, there's something that happens. That's why I repeat that six hours. There's something that happens at like hour four or five of, of thinking on the same thing over and over and over again. You start, to, um, you start to hear what needs to be there instead of thinking what needs to be there. It's almost like a gift that's given to you. And then in that last hour, you refine it. You start going through it like a comedian would, editing every single conjunction, preposition. You start getting to that level where every single word is analyzed for an impact and how much weight does it carry. So that's one way um, where if I was in like that kind of um, improv writing style, throwing the idea together and getting the verses just line after line and then spending that time to really go through and analyze it. The other second way that I do it and that I tell people it's important to do it is do a destination writing, right? So you do destination writing is, we said, here's the destination tonight. It's in this room right now doing this podcast. That's your topic for 20 minutes that you write on. After that, you go through and you separate the internal and the external sides of that into two columns, right? After that, you pull through your rhyme scheme. So you find every word that uh, rhymes, whether it's um, family rhyme, a sonnet, all these different types of rhymes, and you lay them out. Then you do a toggling pattern, and that's a balance between internal and external ideas, and those are situated within the chorus in a certain way, or the verse, where you have a balance of two external ideas, an internal and an external, right? Or you have a chorus that's all full of uh, internal um, ideas that you're touching on. After that, you do plot progression, so you uh, try to get this idea of what is the plot and how do we get there. So there is like a studious version you know approach to doing it and then there's kind of the bastardized way that we that a lot of us do it both ways work but both ways are important to learn hmm. well i mean i um i guess don't know what category i fall into i mean if you really want to know about mine yeah definitely um it just depends on the song for me very sure. much so i um there there are a couple of the songs that i've written that like I literally improv the whole song, mm -hmm. and it just happened to be recorded. Yeah. And um, like there's, one of them, magic one of them's on my record. It's called Moonshine. And I was at an open stage, and a friend of mine said, "You don't have a Moonshine song," because mm -hmm. I was doing this show. And um, 
I said, well, I can do a moonshine song. He's like, I dare you. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And I started just playing a progression and I started singing and what came out is the song like 95% the way that it is on the record. Wow. Um, like, I mean, of course there are more band members when we put it on the record, but mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just um, sometimes just having a topic leads me to just whatever stream of consciousness comes out of me is that. Yeah. And then other times, yeah, I might pick one of those. <laughs> you know methodologies and go I want to write something about this and I want it to be this structured and you know so I, I, I can see that I, and, and when, when you watch those challenges you can see that all those folks have way different styles of writing definitely um, yeah. you know and I, I'm interested to see more of them and we're going to film some more soon yeah. um, and, uh, and and get, get more of them out there because like every time that I see different people it's not just them but how they blend their styles together and things is very interesting to watch yep. uh, for me and, and I hope for everybody that, that watches them I'm always interested so, in uh, the way that people create honestly yeah yeah that's been something that's a lifelong pursuit for me is uh, just creating it's like I love that thing I want to see how you created it <laughs> yeah I think yeah. I think uh there's a couple different camps of people. I think there's some people that hear music. I, I fell in that cap, camp, and I still do, and I thought it was strange for a long time. Whereas some people I know have to kind of force it out of them. There's other people, I believe uh, Bjork said it. She said it was like shoving an ocean through a straw with the ideas, the content that's tappable and the, the little drip that you actually get to work out of. So it's always interesting to me, and I try to speak to people um, that are out playing, how did you come up with this? You know, where is your mind? When Was this a personal experience? Was this, <laughs> did you make this up? You know, is it autobiographical or stuff like that? Yeah, I, I find that interesting as well. It's, yeah. it's you know, what, what, what made you go that way with it, you know? Um, Eating music. Yeah, it's very interesting. All right. So um, at this point in the show, we have to bring in our um, moonshine moonshine trivia player, and uh, he is the world's greatest trivia master until today. Um, today's topic is going to be forests. Are you ready? Let's do it. <laughs> Brentley Smith. Coyote cowboy nipples. Correct. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> Oak trees. Rayon. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> How far? It... Pass. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> How long? Ding. Three. <laughs> Rabbit's new. <laughs> Untouchable. Correct. <laughs> Both of you got that one correct. That's a tie. Oh, I about hit it again. I thought uh, that was a question. All right. <laughs> and Joe Shelton. <laughs> correct. Always. <laughs> Brent Smith, you are this winner and still champion. Good. You played a good game. You came close. Oh, thank you. Closer than the most. <laughs> Be proud. Be very proud. Paul Holland. Thank you. If it, weren't, me, if it weren't for Brent Lee Smith, you'd be really amazing. <laughs> so what songs are you going to sing for us today, Paul? Uh, I'm going to do two of the ones that I started writing when I came up doing the singer-songwriter kind of gearing it towards more of those songs. Uh, one of them is called Edge of the City. The other one's called Live for Each Day, and I wrote them both at work. So, yeah. Yep. Well, that's 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 cool. Like, do you write them when you're writing at work? Do you have like a guitar with you at work, or are you just writing them in in your head? You don't need one. Um, no, you can figure out the uh, the the words, write them down, 
There's tons of programs these days on a phone. If you want a multi-track, you can go out to your car on a brake and stomp out the rhythm. So you got your BPMs already set. You've got your words set. You've got roughly your keys set in your head. Only thing you gotta do is get off work and go home and track it. That's well, that's great, man. I love those. That's good tips. Yeah. Like people should like write that down. And well, I hope they do. It. I mean, I'm, these are my tips. These are tips I learned from other people. And it didn't take much to to. Uh, all I had to do is look at their success, and I'm like, this is. They're giving me. They're giving me tricks. So, spread those tricks. You know, everybody should be doing that for every single person doing what we do. It, music is a family. It's not. We're all doing the same thing. You know, at the end of the day, we're all still trying to achieve the same goals. We're still, still trying to reach people and communicate and touch people. So everybody should kind of be on a similar wavelength. And I think when that happens, there you have your full, healthy music community. That's, that's a good way to end the show as we move up to listening to some music from Paul Holland. We're going to be right back here on Moonshine and Music. Paul Holland's going to take the stage. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, bro. Thank you so much for letting me talk. Alright, my name is Paul Holland, and this song is called Edge of the City. Do it over 
starlight will fade away Under the night bright starlight Under the night bright starlight will fade away Under the night bright starlight Under the night bright starlight will fade away Under the night bright starlight Y'all are too kind. This song is called Live for Each Day, in parentheses, or don't live anymore. I've a jealousy that festered, was a recipe for disaster. Never felt that way now before And I've talked like a monster And I've lied like an imposter I'm ready to close a chapter We'll shut the door Cause I've been jaded I've been misused I've been faded I've had many shoes that were beyond well worn Well time will trick you, put you on your back before it kicks you So live for each day or don't live anymore Just live for each day or don't live anymore The richest man without money Like the way a bee feels for his honey Cause I grew up sleeping on the kitchen floor I don't consider myself an artist That dream's long gone, it's departed Everything I'm after now is born ready to afford
Moonshine and Music is a presentation of Not Less Entertainment. Copyright 2019, all rights reserved. Our producer is Joe Shelton. Our cameraman, grip, and stunt double is Brent Lee Smith. On cameras and all sorts of other stuff, Bailey Shelton. And our staff guru is Brent Schlemmer. Join us each Sunday for more episodes of Moonshine and Music.